NXT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers, the hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, on Twitter and Instagram, at Lisa Evers. All previous Street Soldiers episodes are on lisaevers.com. You can check us out there. And we have a really important topic today, so I want you to hit me up on Twitter with your comments, at Lisa Evers. We are talking about racial stereotypes. Does your color determine how people treat you or the culture you come from and the culture that you have put yourself in. We're gonna talk about some of the common stereotypes that are out there and also how people are feeling about them and has the mass media actually caught up with the reality that many of us are living in our own lives. Diversity has increased on by all measures in terms of residents, in terms of education, in terms of relationships, in terms of children, but by the same token, there are still pockets and just ongoing problems of stereotypes where people feel as if they're just not getting a fair shake. The American dream is being denied to them because of the color of their skin and misperceptions about them. So that's what we're going to talk about in this episode of Street Soldiers. We have an amazing panel. Very excited. We're going to get right to it right now. Moses Mo Verneau is with us. Now, he should sound familiar to you. He's the mastermind behind the hit series Money and Violence. He plays Rafe. And Money and Violence is now coming out first on Tidal. Correct. Then on YouTube. Correct. And you guys are doing big things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the past 12 months have been amazing. And um, we've had a lot of forward movement and progression. Uh, we scored the deal with uh, Tidal as well as the deal with Lionsgate. So aside from being on Tidal for season two, hopefully by season three, we'll be to a premium network. Congratulations. We're going to talk more about your story and the struggle behind that and all the hard work that you guys did Thank in you. just a moment. Let me introduce the rest of the panel. Sure. Nitty Scott, she's an MC from Brooklyn. She made her name. Her video went viral. She did a freestyle over Kanye West's monster mm -hmm. that had everybody talking about her. She's performed at the BET Hip Hop Awards. Her latest single is Negrita. Yes, Negrita. Negrita. Shout out to my mixed chicks. <laughs> <laughs> Nitty, thank you so much for being with us. Thank we you appreciate for having it. me. Also with us is Hot 97's own DJ Drewski. You can hear him pretty much all the time on Hot 97. <laughs> Monday, we're glad you could fit Street Soldiers yes, in your course. schedule. Street Soldiers is my second best show besides mine. Okay, thank you, all right. I'll, I'll give you that, I'll give you that. I still love you. Um, he does the Monday through Thursday. It's the new at 2 a.m. Yep. A lot of underground artists too. You're giving a lot right, of right. new artists a real big shine. Right, and then. Which, Saturday 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Correct. Then after that, you're out in the clubs and you're doing your, your DJ Turn thing in the clubs, turning it up mm -hmm. everywhere in the tri-state, internationally. Mm -hmm. And Sunday at 11 p.m., you got a special show, right. too. Strictly for tri-state artists, Jersey, Connecticut, New York. Nice. So you must be getting tons and tons of tons texts, of, yeah. calls, DMs. But I love it. We're breaking new artists and putting on for the city. And really giving a lot of, a lot, a lot of exposure to the talent that's right. here yeah. that hasn't had a chance. We have great talent sitting right next to us. You know? Yeah. I was going to take that up with him later why I haven't been invited. But, All know. right, good. Don't worry. By the end of the show, you'll be on. Also joining us is Tamika Mallory. She's been with us before on Hot 97 Street Soldiers. She is a civil rights leader. If you have been at any of the rallies and any of the protests over the last couple years for community police relations, for ending... Uh, ending discrimination really against people of color for fairness and justice for all in terms of policing in our communities. You've seen Tamika and she also owns her own business, Mallory Consulting. Tamika, thank you so much for being with thank us. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Great to be here. We really, we really appreciate it. Mo, I want to start with you on this. Um, the governor of Maine, 
recently said that he did not want drug dealers from New York and Connecticut with names like D-Money, Shifty, and Smoothie coming up to Maine, selling their heroin, and impregnating white girls. Yeah, I find that to be um, just very ignorant, you know. The same way that America's a melting pot, all of our neighborhoods are melting pots. You know, you do have good people, bad people. I mean, you have people with different aspirations. Every black man in an urban neighborhood does not strive to be a drug dealer. You understand you have those that go to college. You have those who may have dropped out of high school who have jobs. You understand you have those who may live on their own, those that may still live with their parents, but it's a melting pot. You cannot group people into one box and just assume that everyone is that particular way. And Tamika, when you hear comments like that by an official, here's the governor of Maine, a nationally prominent figure, does that highlight kind of the struggle that you have in trying to get people to recognize the need for justice for all? Absolutely. I mean, he's a person of influence. And when he says something like that, it leads people to believe that whatever stereotypes they already think are there about people of color are true. Um, you know, you have to be very responsible about what you say, because as we're in this country at this time, sort of on fire dealing with race relations, one of the things that we have to do as leaders is not uh, put, place those stereotypes on people and be careful what we say so that we can be in a more fair, just society. And really just look at the facts of a lot of these high-profile cases that have come well, out. Well, that's, that's, you know, another issue is that when you look at some of these cases, the issue is the blanket, um, you know, idea that all of us are thugs. And if you if they said you did something wrong, you probably did. But let's look at how many people are in prison, for, you know, incarcerated right now who uh, are being exonerated because of DNA and other things where you find out that they actually didn't commit the crimes. Mm -hmm. But the fact that the jurors and the court did criminal justice system just said, you know, we're not necessarily going to look at the facts. We're just going to say that you're guilty because you come from a community of people who we believe are guilty of committing crime. And there's strong there's strong evidence for that. The American Psychological Association did a whole bunch of tests recently about perceptions, especially white perceptions of black males, right. black teenagers, right. seeing them as more menacing, seeing them as bigger than they are and that type of thing. But Nitty, let me come to you with the, with the Latina picture here. There have mm -hmm. been a lot of comments and just commentary, a lot of it negative too about the Latino community in general as if it's just one community what stereotypes offend you the most yeah um, there's a huge generalization of you know what it means to be Latino um, and you have for example people like Sofia Vergara who um, sort of represent the quintessential Latina um, we're feisty we are you know ladies in red and you know we always want to cha-cha and you know it's just this this one um, idea of us that's perpetuated and the thing is that there, there's nothing wrong with the Sofia Vergara's of the world it's about the representation and the fact that um, you know you you have these other people such as like America Ferrera you know, Ugly Betty, that come and sort of blast that entire idea and say, okay, we don't all identify with the same exact thing just because we all come from this community. We're all individuals. But also with her, she encountered a lot of stereotypes, especially having a, a heavy accent yes. when she was acting. And then she ended up setting up her own company and really taking control of her business. Yes. And now using that stereotype to she's been herself. one of the most she's one of the most successful actresses in Hollywood. Yes, exactly. Um, and I think that that's important to to recognize. I also wanted to kind of stem off of something that you had said about um, how the mass media sort of perpetuates things and that 
the speech surrounding it is very important because the speech creates the attitude, which then creates like the climate of, of what we're dealing with. And I've seen, you know, situations where you'll have, um, you know, a cop who is guilty of, you know, some sort of misconduct. And the way that they'll present it is they'll show a mugshot of the victim, a mugshot of the of the black or Latino person, and then a honorable photo of the cop in, you know, some sort of, you know, honorable fashion, despite the fact that when you follow up with the article, he did something wrong and he did not. Well, the images are everything, especially in today's society where everything is, is, is so visual. DJ Drewski, yes. as you're in the hip hop game, mm -hmm. one of the biggest, hottest rising stars there with, you know, as a DJ and as a personality as well. Have you ever had any experiences where you've been stereotyped almost in reverse because you're a white DJ right. in a game that's that's predominantly where the most successful people are black and Latino? Yeah, of course. And uh, being on Hot 97, Majority of my bookings are like African American parties where it's like 80% African American. So when I walk in, you know, they're like, is he going to be able to speak our language when it comes to the partying? So what I like to do, I, I have fun with it. I understand it and I get it. It's clear. So what I like to do is, you know, introduce myself, let them look at me. So what do you say? Like, what do you in. say? No, it's like, don't oh, worry, I'm going to get even, a pop I'll and we're going to turn up. Jokes. Yeah, like, <laughs> Oh yeah, you 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 didn't know I was white, right? Because I understand the music. Right. You know, it comes down to the music, so it's pretty much simple. But I have fun with that boundary, and then you know, five songs in, now everyone is comfortable and like, wow, he really knows how to play. You know, and it, it's good. But yes, it's on the flip side of things, and on top of it, you know, when I'm walking in the club or all my, I have no white friends, so it's like all my friends are African American or Hispanic. So they kind of feel like, okay, he's part of it, you know? I just want to say that on behalf of black people, because I'm okay. sure we're the ones doing it to you. I apologize. No, it's all good. <laughs> I understand. I'm, I understand. I know we're the ones. Right. I don't, sometimes, like, I don't see it as much. But I could feel it, you know, once they're looking like... Like, people, don't, people are too polite right. to actually come out and say something, but you, you kind of feel that vibe like, oh, wait a minute, what just happened Right, here? right. Yeah. But then it, it works, too, because then, like, the females are like, oh, wow, he's cool. Like, oh, wow. So it's like, yeah. Uh -huh. He thought I didn't know. All right, there yeah. it is. No, that that's that's fantastic. Well, one of the one one of the biggest issues that that we see in the country too is the the perception, especially of young black men. Mm -hmm. And do you feel with money and violence? Because a lot of the characters, it happens on the streets. It represents for the streets. But do you feel you're contributing to some of those stereotypes that aren't really helpful? Um, not necessarily. Uh, one of the biggest surprises with people, as far as the show was concerned, was that we did not have the quintessential villain you know you take a character like Rafe who yes he's in the streets and yes this guy's out there doing crimes and doing robberies but he speaks intelligently you know and that kind of threw people off and even when we began to shoot the show I remember the cast asking me okay why must we speak so intelligently and I'm like because we're not all idiots <laughs> you know and that's the stereotype a lot of times in my past people that I've met and they're like I didn't expect you to be so uh, 
No, yeah, no. Sometimes Did they say I didn't expect yeah. you to be so articulate. Isn't sometimes that like I, a code? It's, it's, I don't expect. Is that a code? Is that a code language? Or I get, or I get, or I get, or I get you speak white. Right. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I speak white. What do you what, mean? What about that? We heard President Obama said came doing... out and said we have to stop the slander right. that a young black child with a book is acting white. What What about that? I think we are doing our people such a huge disservice when we say that because when you say that, you're saying that intelligence and articulation is reserved mm -hmm. for white people mm. and that we we are not privy to that we don't deserve that we don't practice that that's what you're putting on your people when you say she's speaking white or she's acting white so acting in a civilized articulate you know, and articulating your thoughts that's a white trait Right. Plus, if you, plus if you've ever seen an episode of Honey Boo Boo or any right. of those shows, right. I mean, there are plenty of white people. plenty of rural and That's urban right. whites but you, who are not educated at all. Absolutely. Right. And I think the most important thing is that we're doing it to ourselves. Like, it's happening in our homes. And, I, you know, you go down south. If I go down south to visit my family members, you know, somebody's gonna say she swears that she's all that you're and she's so smart and right. she's and so bougie uppity, and uppity. whatever you know and so it's us doing it to us and I think before we worry about the external factors we have to look at the conditioning within our own minds and our own communities because if we change it then on the outside it, it can be changed you know it's sort of like we've been down for so long that we feel that that's where we belong I feel I feel like like psychologically yeah. we have adopted this mentality that that is where we belong, mm. and it's something that needs to be like changed. But I, even I'm, with some, even with so much of the progress, even with some of the the biggest figures and most influential people in the country being people of color and women of color, mm. that hasn't president. changed anything. Our black president, our black right. president. That's I, right. I believe that we need to start seeing people as individuals rather than having a preconceived notion of who they are before we actually even get to know them. I mean, something I tell my own child is in life. Never judge someone by their appearance, but always remember that you'll be judged by yours. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, you know, and I think oh, that, that's a good point. Yes, right. it's 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 to keep you conscious. Yeah, and I mean, and just to speak to that, look at Donald Trump, right? All the the rhetoric around Muslims, and what yeah. we realize is that the Muslim community is not the one that goes into schools and shoots up people in the middle of the day on college campuses. That's not what's happening. It is generally young white males who have been committing these types of crimes, mass murders. Yeah, but so, Tamika. In terms of the terror acts, so those have been the Muslim extremists. I, not think, right. I think that that's true. But what we're doing is, is basically criminalizing the, right. the entire Muslim community. And again, here in the U.S., the issue has not been these mass murders happening from the Muslim community. It's been young, white men who have gone into schools and killed students. That is the, and, like and the movie Charleston theaters, church. The like Charleston the church. Church. Um in, in Newtown, twenty three children. Columbine. Going back to Columbine. Okay, going back to Columbine. You look at all those issues. So I'm not saying that we need to criminalize white men either, but what we need to do is get to the root cause of mental illness and gun violence and all of that. But we don't like to talk about that. What we want to do is create stereotypes and put it on a particular group of people and then somehow you know make them the villain instead of looking at America and what we've created in our own in this country. It's like the Holocaust. <laughs> it's like then literally what happened. Again, on the flip side, I get... Oh, you think you're black? Mm. Are you trying to be black? Wow! Right? So is it like why? Because I wear my hat backwards. Or I have Timberland boots on. Or 
Because me and Mo are dressed completely opposite, and he's the and black he's one. The black yeah, guy. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah, there's always like, I get that. You got, a the, lot. Hoodie, you got yeah. the hoodie and the snapback on. Right. And Mo has the uh, cashmere sweater and the, <laughs> button down, and the hey. designer shirt button down. Right. So. <clears throat> But what what about it in in terms of the per, how do you get past those perceptions? Do you let it bother you? Do you correct people, or do you just kind of go like, "Hey, my existence is, yes. is right." Is you the allow thing your existence to break the barrier that's breaking right. that stereotype. I think that's the best way to do it too. Yeah, yeah. because I I also feel like deciding that all of these factors are against me can end up being to your detriment. So I could sit here and be like, I can't win because I'm a female, because right. I'm black, because I'm a millennial. I can sit here and say all those things and those are ultimately gonna hinder me. So I feel like you have to have an awareness. You have to know that not everybody is going to accept you at face value for what you are and, and, and what you represent and everything. But in doing what you do and doing it well, you totally disintegrate that whole thing. But how much of it is 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 culture and also your economic status? Mm -hmm. If you grow up in an affluent community, whether you're black, white, Latino, mixed, Asian, whatever, mm -hmm. you have a much better chance because of the educational system and the expectations are for you to succeed. But, but if yeah. you're growing... I, I also think that it's for parents to take responsibility. Absolutely. Because I don't care where I grow up. I don't care what my financial status is. I'm going to raise my children to be better than what I am. You know, and I think a lot of people, like, we have to get to a point where we refuse to accept the stereotypes, no matter how much it is out there in society. Um, conversation we had earlier where I was with a young castmate of mine, and we entered a store in my neighborhood, which is relatively, you know, a pretty good neighborhood. And... He purchased something, went in the back to get something else and felt that it was necessary for him as he walked out to tell the clerk, I didn't steal anything. I just couldn't find what I wanted. And when we got outside, I'm like, you don't have to explain yourself. And he's like, well, you know, where I grew up and where I'm at now, if I don't explain myself, they might call the cops. And I'm like, OK, but you still have the right mm. to walk out of a store and not feel that you have to explain yourself because you didn't purchase anything. So I feel that no matter how much we're subjected to this, we cannot. We, we must refuse to accept the stereotype and we must refuse to, to act in that way. No, you even if they call the cops and when the cops come and they realize that you didn't steal anything, but we must refuse to accept that. But that's right. almost like a daily stress. That's right. going to yes. be like a daily right. stress factor, not knowing how are they perceiving me? They're thinking I'm something I'm not. Yeah, right. to, to and take, like constantly having to be in the defense. To take it yeah. a point further, after that experience, I really thought back about it, and I said, you know what? Every time I enter a department store, if I don't purchase anything, the truth is I do feel tension when I'm about to exit because I don't know whether the alarm is going to go off or whether they're going to think I stole something. And it's sad because although I felt that I wasn't subjected to what he was going through mentally, innately, it is there. And I think when you said, you know, how do you push back, right? And so we say, you know, be who you are and be the best at it so we can show America and the world who we are and that there are people who are, are black that are not thugs, you know, are Latino and they're not finger popping and head bobbing, mm -hmm. you know. But also you got to be like me a little bit, which is having a big mouth and speaking out. That's why the statement Black Lives Matter is important not all lives not matter all but lives. black lives matter because you actually have to push that reality into the face of america and we have to constantly raise our voices to say while we're doing our best that is being ignored because we do have a black president we have had the a black attorney general a male and now a female some of the best of our community has been shown and we still have been racially profiled we still have been treated less and discriminated against so somebody has to also have the voice to say black lives do 
matter and you will not just get away with doing whatever you want and we just sort of run away. But what about mm-hmm. the what about personal responsibility oh, yeah, and also point. what about what about the image images too because you look you look at the statistics across the board and the black community the income you look at education levels more black men in college than in prison right now even though the incarceration issue is still still a huge huge problem but it's like the image and what does everybody want the the guy that's the coolest is the guy that's the most thugged out mm-hmm. the one that is the raunchiest the most I mean the hip hop this these are the one these are the characters that are the most successful and even the guys that start out kind of like as poet rappers mm-hmm. that's a persona well, that they that's have a, to that's a great balance that we're fighting right we fight that every day the fact that you can have a love and hip hop on TV and have millions of viewers and then another group of people try to do a show that is about something positive and we're not watching that so that is a conditioning that we have to work on but if you look at the education system in general if you live in a particular area you have less resources in your school as a kindergartner or pre-k uh, you know student than another child who may live in a better zip code in a different place so we're starting off our communities wrong and I think that's what the president has been talking about like an about. educational apartheid and looking, looking yeah. at how we right there level the playing field because I believe if you do that as we as young people who are more educated get to be older my son he doesn't really like loving hip hop it's kind of cool, but he's a, a more educated kid that knows that that stuff is not really, that's not it's what's not edifying. You know, exactly. Tamika, once again, I think that falls back on the parent. You, and, and, and the reason I'm saying this is because no matter how, a lot of parents don't understand that children are really supposed to receive two educations, one at school and one in the home. Many kids are deprived of that education in the but home. But what do you do when you're an uneducated parent at home? Right. What do you As do as a when, result of the and, systemic? Or what do you do if you're a single parent? You, what do you do if you're a single parent and you have to go to school and work a job and maybe a half of another job? Find the time. To, find the time. You have to understand that I myself, my schedule is hectic, but I make time for my child, regardless of whatever. I don't care what it is that has to be done. Like this isn't even something for me to even contemplate. You know, it's it's me. Unfortunately, me and my child we don't live together. You know, and it's just like when her mother calls and she's like, "Oh my God, I'm stuck at the dentist, and could you please pick her up?" And I'm like, "Why are you asking me?" The same urgency that you have that she has to be picked up, whereas. There is no I can't make it. It's the same urgency I should have. If you tell me you can't make it, then I need to find a way. Regardless of whatever it is that's scheduled today, I need to find a way to go get my child. And I believe it's the same thing as far as education. I don't care what neighborhood you live in. Yes, the world is working against you, but that is your but see, but some the, But the people who are most successful and the people that have overcome tremendous obstacles that I've interviewed throughout my career have taken that attitude. The world is may not be helping me, but I'm going to make my own way. And you look at you look at our Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor mm-hmm. from the Bronx, Latina from the Bronx. Yes. And look at, you know, not from house, from public housing mm-hmm. and look at where she is. She's one of the most powerful people in the United States right now. So, right. which is why I don't feel like you can, you want to say that a lack of, of access, you know, is an excuse, you know, for, for anything. But I f- do feel like the dialogue needs to happen and that, you know, even like, even in like marginalized communities, there's, less access to like healthy food you know like it's it's and there's more obese people right I think, and the reason why i'm saying that is because there are realities that we cannot 
ignore. It's We want to be able to say that there are 10 people who came out of our communities who did really, really well, and the rest of us should do that. But that is not the reality that our people are living within. We have major drug abuse. We have a lot of different Mental afflictions illness. in our community that has not been addressed, and it has to be addressed because if you're starting out with our kids being on a, a, a different level or less than another group of people, you are automatically putting an inferiority complex in their mind where when they go into society, they don't necessarily even believe that they can. And they don't be. have mm-hmm. the, and, they're, and they're, we're going to go to a short break, but and, and also that study that uh, came out recently with the New York, New York City schools, some of the most segregated in the country, which a lot of people were very shocked Absolutely. about. But wow. you're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, and we're going to continue with this right after this break. What up, what up, people? This is Chris Rivers, and you are listening to Street Soldiers, the good, the bad, the truth. We out, baby. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, and what we're focusing on is the issue of racial stereotypes. Do they really hold us back? There have been so many breakthroughs, there's been so much progress, but also some of the biggest cases that have dominated the headlines in the last couple of years have had a strong racial component. Have we advanced as a culture and as a country? Do we understand each other better? Or has everyone just kind of shut up and gone underground and unconscious and just tried to get through without dropping any kind of stereotypical bombs that are gonna go off and cause them their career or cause them some problems. We've got a great panel to talk about this. Joining us is Moses Mo Verneau. He is the mastermind behind the hit series Money and Violence. He Thank plays you. Rafe, for those of you Money and Violence addicts. And uh, the season is now coming out first on Tidal, and then you'll be able to see it on YouTube. So, Mo, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me, Lisa. We appreciate it. Also with us is Nitty Scott. She's an MC from Brooklyn. She made her name in a famous famous, wildly viral freestyle over Kanye West's Monster. She's performed at the BET Hip Hop Awards, many other TV shows and radio shows. Her latest single is Negrita. Whoop, whoop. Ooh, Nitty, thanks. my album too, Creature. Come All right, on. okay, there we go. Thank you for being with us. And thank you. Also with us is Hot 97's own DJ Drewski. You can hear him Monday through Thursday, the new at two, that's as mm-hmm. in 2 a.m., mm-hmm. Saturday, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m., and Sunday nights, at 11 p.m., which is just your tri-state artist, yes. right? This is my home. This is your home. This is my home. Just a new artist from uh, the tri-state getting that shine. Yeah. And, and getting that exposure. That All they got to do is email me. Oh, the okay. new movement at Gmail. Pique. All right. Your email's about the new flooded. movement, MVMT at gmail.com. All right, there Ooh. it is. Also with us is Tamika Mallory. She's a civil rights leader, a business owner. Her company is Mallory Consulting. She's been on the forefront of the Justice for All movement here in New York City. Mm-hmm. Now, as we talk about some of these racial stereotypes, if you just look on the internet, right. okay, every group has their particular stereotypes. So I want to find out if you guys think they're true or if they're false. <laughs> okay? Whites have no rhythm. False. 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 You want me to bust oh, a move? False. Yeah, no, false. Yeah, can no. <laughs> you want me to no. Millie Rock? Tamika, that was that was a late false. Oh story. no, I, that was a late false. I thought you were asking the white guy whether or not his people had okay, rhythm. I, I want to ask. I want to ask <laughs> everyone. Okay, we'll here. start with a white representative. White, white. Let's start. Whites okay. have no rhythm. 
That's false. That's totally false. Yes. Everybody agree I with that? False. Totally I agree. It's false. 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 Yeah. Or does it depend on what liquor is being served at the bar? <laughs> I think it depends on what white guy. <laughs> yeah, I think it's exactly. some white. Everything <laughs> exactly. is some white. I think some it depends black. on what white guy. Because yeah. that's a theme you see in a lot of movies and a lot of comedy shows yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. The guys yeah. trying yeah. to dance and they're out of step yeah. with everybody else. All right. I think Lisa thinks that whites have no rhythm. <laughs> Lisa, you look like you have rhythm. I'm a great dancer. Uh-huh. I'm the dancing machine. That's my nickname. <laughs> I put it on blast. So yeah. Friends know that. Yeah. <laughs> Been keeping that video off the internet though. All right. How about whites can't rap? Eminem, Eminem is one of the greatest. Eminem is one of the greatest MCs. One of the greatest. Exactly. All right. So that one they got it. They got to get rid yeah, of. They got to chill. All right. Let's let's talk about blacks. Best at sports. Top it's, athletes. No. It's some. It's still a. I mean, sum. it's a some. It's say a sum, and it depends most, on the sports. Most. I wouldn't even say most because it's not most of the great black athletes that got into professional sports. You know, you have a lot of great basketball players that are still on the streets. Right, right. Yeah. That's true too. So, yeah. But that still means they're good at sports. The, no, but what I'm saying is, so you, you okay. have just as great white players that didn't get into this professional sports. So therefore, how some. can you really assess by the limited amount of people that got into the NBA or the NFL? And how much is it their culture? How much is it that from the neighborhood you come from where yeah. there's, there's nothing else but a basketball, basketball court? Basketball right? court. There's yeah, no exactly. ice hockey rink. Right. Yeah. Okay? Exactly. What about that? All right, I'll give you a pass on that one. What, what about what about blacks as better lovers? I've never slept with a black man, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never slept with we a white man, so gen- I don't we know. Ju- we just Me. saw the gen- <laughs> Well, Tamika, that- <laughs> I think you have an like, offer right here. Like, no, something, something as intimate as like lovemaking, that's a very... You know, that's between the the two people that are. Okay, right. uh, but, just but the reason I'm bringing this up is with a white man or not. I mean, listen for promotional and marketing purposes. I'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll say I'm great, but I, I don't think I don't think that's. Nick, what do you think about that? Um, I like I said, I just think it's it's you know they, when you're discussing like sex and things like that there's always the conversation of like having chemistry with the person right and, you know so I, I feel like that's exactly. way more and it's more than just the physical however yeah. the reason I'm bringing that one up that's a very big one on the internet but the um, we just saw a front page story with Antonio Cromartie an uh, NFL player for the New York Jets father of 10 children <laughs> got a vasectomy because apparently that's a lot of payments that's a lot of checks <laughs> a lot of money <laughs> that's a lot of money Check. <laughs> his his wife is he had a vasectomy mm. and now his wife is pregnant with twins. Twelve and, children. Yeah. Well, the next so wait, stereotype might be, is going to be that might, check the baby. I mean, that might right. be a Jerry Springer like, episode, I, right? By who? No. But it can happen. Okay. What what about Hispanics? We've seen comments in the as the presidential season has yes. been heating up. A lot of people claiming to know this is what the Latino community really is, even though there's diverse, tremendous diversity. Yeah. I, we were discussing earlier. I saw um, the headline that Hillary Clinton is your abuela. Um, and is she your abuela? She Maybe? is absolutely not. She is not my my abuela. You know, is from Puerto Rico, and you and know, Puerto Ricans are American citizens. By yes, the way, yes, she's from Puerto so people Rico. People that call Puerto Rico a foreign country, <laughs> wrong. Right, right. No, definitely a, an American. It's a citizen. commonwealth, but you're American citizen. Yeah, and um, and then the other yeah. one that uh, <laughs> that Kylie Jenner is basically all my favorite Latinas uh, wrapped into one. I don't even know who Kylie all, Jenner. I it, it's such <laughs> Where a did reach. She get Latin- right. There are Armenian. Like it's <laughs> there are Armenian. such a reach. Ooh, um somebody's getting fired. I, over I didn't even click on it because I didn't care. You were I so was obs- just like, I just- don't even care how you got to this conclusion. Um so you have, you know, reaches like that. Um, yeah. What about but what about some of the things? 
when you, they'll hear people, people will hear Latinos speaking Spanish, speak mm -hmm. Spanish, uh, speak English. This is America. Which is which is ridiculous because America Speaking. is is built off of you know diversity, diversity and and people who are not originally from here that that's like our basis. So to to say that someone should speak English you know while in America is actually like it, it doesn't make and sense. And the truth and, is, and, and the truth is, and correct me if you disagree. Or if I'm being wrong, bilingual, bilingual is a huge asset. Is an asset. I have friends that are bilingual and have gotten jobs. Ex you get actually get bonuses mm. in a lot of jobs if you can speak different language, you exactly. know, additional language, especially Spanish and French because of, of Africa. But the in the emerging markets and exactly. that kind of thing. But in turn, in terms of the in, in terms of the Latino community too, there's there's a tremendous diversity mm -hmm. from the Puerto Rican culture to the m more newly to the newly arrived immigrants. Mm -hmm. But the stereotype is Hispanics are mostly illegal. Does that bother you? Mm. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Especially Latinos being such a backbone, you know, um, for in society right now. Um, to, to say that is just, it's very, um, I can't a even lie. think. Yeah, like, I, yeah, it's a lie. It's just not true. It's just not true. It's not true. How about, the, how about this um, one about the hardworking, the, the, Hardworking nature mm -hmm. that is stereotyped for the Hispanics, right? Which is, is crazy because is that good? But it's turned into a negative. It's turned into is a negative when it's like we'll so do your job came for to the country to and contributed to our society, um, and was willing to work hard and wasn't didn't come here with their hand out. But we'll do your job for half the pay. Yeah. Um, un <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Here's here's the thing. I think it's just it's about the generalization. Yeah. You know, uh, does you know what I think that's what it is with all this stuff. Right. Yeah, you know, it's the like, generalization. Does that exist? Absolutely. But, I, but we're not all maids. We're not all. You know. Um, I, I, I think it's a setup. I mean, you put people in these neighborhoods, you give them limited resources, and because of that, they have to take a job for half to pay, and then you criticize them for it. Mm -hmm. I right. think I think the stereotypes are just crutches of the uninformed. You know. Yeah. It's I actually read a joke on Twitter the other day that had me like messed up and it was like how long does it take a group of Mexicans to build a oh wait they're done that's funny wow. and I was like taken back um so you know like I like I think like we've been just we've been discussing it's the it's generalizations just, that it's are, the generalizations that are right. wrong but then they get they, they seep through into different layers and then they become in movies even though they're outdated right and those characters and then the people that are deciding you, what gets you, out there what it boils down to Lisa is if a lie is told enough by enough people it becomes the truth mm. yeah it perpetuates the that, that's what if, if it's told by enough people after a while it becomes the truth and but I you, think that's what happened with these stereotypes is you had it started with one person then it went to a hundred to a thousand then once a nation started saying it it became the truth mm -hmm. but Mo, what you've done with money and violence too is you've taken the story you've given a voice to people that did not have a voice. Correct. And I've seen the respect when we did the story with you for Fox 5 News, walking around on the streets in Flatbush. I mean, mad people were coming up to you just, hey, this is fantastic. You're really speaking for us. You're really representing for us. But there's also a message of hope that you're trying to get out there and self-empowerment. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's more than just a storyline. It's even the backstory of how the project came together. You know, the fact that I'm someone who never stepped foot behind a camera. I'm someone who've, who's never edited. And just through the resources that were available to me, YouTube, Google, learned how to do all of this to bring these people together to put this project together. Um, 
it it just shows that our communities that you know what if you have these aspirations don't wait and and that's my main thing with you know us as a people is why wait don't wait for someone to to make the change for you become the change that you're looking for create the opportunity don't yeah. don't wait Tamika what about that I saw a quote recently from Tony Morrison she was talking about if you keep trying to deal with what they think about you you're never going to get to be doing what you were put here to do you know what your own personal thing what what about dealing with a stereotype if you encounter tell us about something you've encountered and you just how you've dealt with it I don't know I mean I would really have to think about what I've encountered but certainly I think being in the civil rights space I've encountered the fact that I'm not a man Um, you know all of our great civil rights leaders have been men for the most part I mean there of course have been women but men get named first right so Dr. King is named before you know about Dorothy Height um, or other women that have existed and so I think that for me that has been a stereotype that I've just decided that I could care less about and I just continue to do the work and I think you know we talked about it earlier it's all about you each one of us have a personal responsibility to bust down that stereotype by being the best that we can possibly be. There is personal responsibility, but then there are also societal issues that we have to deal with. And since this is Dr. King weekend, I wanted to give a quote that he often quoted a man by the name of Victor Hugo, where he says that if there is darkness, there will be sin. But the person responsible is not the sinner. It is the one who created the darkness. And I think while we talk about personal responsibility, we also have to understand that some people have been told to pull their boots pull themselves up by their bootstraps but they haven't been given any boots mm. no that's a, that's an excellent point Drew, drewski in terms of how you right. how you deal with it in the hip-hop space i ignore it like i don't even concentrate on it it doesn't affect me and i just like breaking barriers like being able to perform um 106 in park or on bet um being one of the bigger names on hot 97 where people think it's a uh, African-American station. So I actually have fun with it. I don't even pay attention to it. Like, I don't really see color or any of that. So it doesn't really affect me. Like, I don't I don't put that energy out there, so it doesn't really come back. You, you know what, Drewski? I'd like to commend you because you may not even realize it, but your presence alone right. is inciting change. Mm, right. Absolutely. And I also wanted to... Um, just stress that it's also important to speak on the oppression of others even if it's not your own Mm. Um, because that is the real threat the oppression itself is the threat Um, so you know there's like this Jewish proverb where it tells a story of one group of people being targeted no one speaking for them they got eliminated the next group of people the next group of people and it goes Mm. all the way down until you know and then they came for me I didn't say anything for these people, these people, these people. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. And it's very profound um, and it speaks to the fact that even if you're not personally affected or you don't feel that you're personally affected, um, it's still important to to speak about it. Um, and, you know, like I have, you know, people who have asked me sometimes, you know, why do you uh, speak on the trials and tribulations of the trans community when, you know, I, I'm not. <laughs> but... Um, you know, my thing is that oppression is oppression. Um, being marginalized is being marginalized. And as the sooner we sort of demonize that, you know, that that is not okay, then it makes it so that it's not okay for anyone of any race, color, or and I, creed. And I think we've been seeing that. I mean, I think we we, yeah. we saw, you know, in the aftermath of Ferguson, the Eric Garner case, we saw a lot of the pro, a lot more diversity yes. among the protesters right. too nationally. Yes, even like I love to see white people discussing white privilege. I think it's I think <laughs> right. it's awesome, right. and I think it's just like it, you know, it's it's effective, especially for those who are in total denial 
denial when you have someone saying like, no, I am a member of, of this group of people and I'm telling you that there are things that are afforded to me that are not afforded to you. And, and I'm going to speak Or assumptions that. that are made. Or like assumptions what, what that Mo are made. was talking about, exactly. the opposite of that. Yes, and I think, you know, it, it shouldn't have to take that, but sometimes the point is further validated when you have someone saying like, no, this it, is not... There's you know. nothing more powerful than hearing a white person use the word the term white, white. supremacy. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful. It's, it's crazy. Statement. Yeah. yeah, it is. And it's just like seeing a man address patriarchy. Mm. It's beautiful. And, and when you do, sad. you get called an end lover. Right. I can, I can oh, speak wow. from experience. Juski <laughs> <laughs> wanted to say something. No, in there. one time I was with an African American female friend, and I went to speak on like one of the police shootings. And for some reason, she got so upset about my opinion on things because she said, you will never know how it feels to be African-American. And she was like insisting I stop giving Maybe my opinion. Won't, no, you won't. No, you won't. Right, right. You won't. That doesn't mean that you can't. But you know right from wrong. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. right. But you can't feel and you're a way about we're injustice. all in this together. Right. Exactly. We're kind of like that's all right. in this together, That was my right? point. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's what I was trying yeah. to make. And she's like, you never know what it is to be African-American. And this but is like, you, like, like you have our you permission. She also would just know that we're like hurting in this space. And I deal with it too because we get into an argument of you're too light and you're too dark and all that. So you just have to understand and be able to uplift that person because right, whoever right. it is she's in pain you know yeah. from watching the trauma and oh, abuse a, of what's happening right. in our community yeah. and you still need to be there to support of a course lot of healing yeah, that needs to take place. yeah so you would still say you would still yes, speak out course. again because and, and what what motivates you like you see that it's wrong and you feel like i want to i want to speak out on behalf of what's right. right period we're all american we're all here yes. you know it's affecting all of us of course and it's how i feel it's, you know mm. not, and you're so drewski, so you can say, you know, so get the get the party, cl- you know, get the party popping. That that that's what it is. In terms, Mo, in, in terms of the the images too, do you feel though that we are making progress because so much now, you know, with the, with the changes that have happened in, in creative methods, like you picked up a camera, you went on the internet, you look like, how do I start shooting this? And now you're dealing. I mean, you're having meetings with Jay Z, you know, shout out to Yanni, but um, you know, you're having meetings with Jay Z, you're having business deals with these top Hollywood entities, but you're controlling the narrative. And when we had talked before, you told me about, yeah, there were a lot, I had a lot of money thrown at me, a lot of things thrown mm-hmm. at me, and but it was very, very important for you to keep control of that narrative. Yes, very Why? much so, um, because I didn't want the project to lose its integrity. You have to understand that this is something that I brought together so that people who lived outside of our world can get an, a better understanding of us, you know, um, these things that you watch on the news and these personalities and these characters that these people have, this isn't something that began last year. It was a lifetime in the making. Mm. You know. So therefore, I just wanted to give people a more in-depth look of a group of people that under normal circumstances they might have crossed the street to, avo- to avoid. Not to say that what they do is justified, but just so they can say, you know what, I get it. Right. And see the humanity. Yeah, let's, 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 let's address the root of the problem to fix the problem rather than, like I said before, just putting a Band-Aid over it. You know, incarcerating someone is just putting a Band-Aid over it. It's not addressing or healing the, the wound itself. Let's go back, and if we fix it at the root, then 10, 15, 20 years later, when that child becomes an adult, we don't need to worry about so it. So you guys keep, I keep hearing wound and healing and I was hurting. just gonna say, can I say something too? I, he, Speak like stemming off of that. Um, it's very important. I think the the word um, the diaspora, that's what it is. Um, Explain that for us. Nate, diaspora please. is the dispersion of a people from their native homeland, which is something that has 
happened to African-Americans, um, Latinos. And because of that, that's why it's so important for us to control our narrative. Because being dispersed from where we come from can result in a sort of cultural amnesia, is what I like to call it. A sort of forgetting of where we come from, mm. what our practices are. Um, and so it's important for us to define ourselves and to heal um, within ourselves because this is a generations upon generations of pain and, um, and separating us from that which is natural to our culture. So it's very important. Mm -hmm. so, so basically you're saying too the best thing anybody can do for another person, a human being, regardless of what their race is, regardless of what they look like, regardless of what their gender is, is just to recognize them as a human being mm. yeah. right. and relate to them that way. And and to and allow them that the way what they identify with. Mm. I think it's very important to respect what they identify with. What do you Not, mean by that? Um, you know, for for example, you know, um, for like like in the trans community, you know, um, a, a person deciding that you know this is who they are and this is what they identify with. People still feel that it is. Um, that it is that it's up to them that it's like if if I don't see you as a woman and and you have decided that you identify with women if I don't see you that way um, it's not my job to respect that or to refer to you in that way and I think it's very important to respect what people identify with what how they want to present themselves to the world um, to which to, people may or may not agree with or people may right, or may not recognize that, or yeah and even if you don't agree with it to still to still respect it. I as think a human it's being. very important. Respect them as a human mm -hmm. being. Yeah, to still yeah. respect it. Um, yeah, and, and I think, like, deciding that you don't have to respect it is where, you know, it, eventually I think that's when it leads to these hate crimes and these things that occur. And the because, marginaliz marginalization. Right, because I mean, that which is justifies it in your mind. It justifies it that, well, th this is not a, a real man. Therefore, I can do X, Y, Z. This is not a real such and such. This person doesn't... Uh, Complement my idea of what this should be. Right, Therefore, they don't fit that. I they don't can, fit the stereotype, blah, blah, blah. or as they say, fit the profile. Right, real, so real quick, this green light. Real quick, Drewski, have you had have you had white rappers, white DJs, uh, uh, other whites come up to you and say, "Wow, you're really kind of like blazing a trail for us." Yeah, all the time, and then but sometimes they feel like because they're a white rapper, it's like a like a. You got me, right? Like, nah. And you're like, if only if you're good. good. Yeah, if the music oh, is good, a, I got see, you. That's a stereotype right, right That's there. a stereotype right so there, right? Right here, not in the black community. We certainly have that, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You know, bruh. sis. I think yeah, a good comparison oh, too within hip-hop is like Macklemore versus like Iggy Azalea and how one was totally embraced by the culture. Not totally, but mostly embraced by the culture. Right, and right. one was not. And it's because of the ways that they moved and the ways that they respected the culture that they were inspired by. And I think as long as you contribute to the culture that has inspired you, um, it, it'll be it won't be received as being appropriated. Don't try to take the cool label unless you really right. are, yeah. basically. Yeah, or final you know how word, it's so cool to be word. black until we have black problems and then you don't want to discuss it. Tamika, fi final, final word from you. Oh, my final word from is thank you for having this show and allowing us to talk about these issues. It, it, it got deep. I mean, I think if, you know, if people bring this into their living rooms and have these conversations in their home, each home can help each building, which will help each block and it will help our community. And don't be afraid. I mean, I think that there have been times when I've said like, hey, what? It, how do you feel about this? How do how should I address this? Mm -hmm. I've had many, many mentors. Big shout out to Guru, my guru in Harlem. But the um, 
you know, to say like, how how do I deal with this, or what what's the feeling on right. this, or to what, talk to just people to, who are have, outside to of have your the circle, vocabulary right. exactly, and expand your circles. And mm-hmm. I think in today's world, it's like the more you know, as the, our nation becomes more diverse, the if we understand each other, that diversity can really really be our strength. Mo, mm-hmm. final word. Um, piggybacking on what Tamika said, I would just like to say that success is uh, definitely a series of the right conversations with the right people. And everyone needs to ask themselves throughout your day, like, who are you talking to and what are you talking about? Once again, issues like this. I mean, all the healing begins with dialogue. Mm-hmm. We can only understand each other through dialogue and communication. So, you know, we have to bring all the talk to the forefront. All right. I want, I want to thank, thank all of you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you all very, very much for being part of Street Soldiers. Uh, Moses Mo Verneau, mastermind behind Money and Violence. Uh, Nitty Scott, MC, DJ Drewski from Hot 97, and Tamika Mallory, civil rights leader and business owner, Mallory Consulting. I want to thank you all very, very much for thank being you. part of this episode of Street Soldiers. I got to also shout out my team, Lisa, here at Hot 97, executive producer, Tone Capone, associate producer, Rose D, producer, Mia Bell, our board op, the one and only DJ Michael Medium is here with us, um, digital support TJ Charles and uh, thank you all very very much for making this show possible and we really need you really really need you to promote 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 retweet until your fingers fall (laughs) off the link for the, the radio show but also especially the link the YouTube link that I'll be tweeting out later today for our TV show, Street Soldiers on Fox 5. We have a four-week run for the TV show, and I need your support to extend it and to make it a reality. You know that's a dream come true for me and for our community, for a lot of people, um, from what you've all been saying for, uh, on Twitter. I appreciate all the love, and if I don't get back to people right away, it's because we're working, producing, promoting, doing all the things we have to do to make it happen. So please support Street Soldiers on Hot 97, Street Soldiers on on Fox. Follow me on Twitter at Lisa Evers. Retweet. We're going to post it. Big shout out to Vibe Magazine to our very own Mia Bell for the great article. To Daytuan Thomas, everybody over at Vibe for the great look talking about us. And also my whole Fox 5 crew, our, our news director Byron Harmon, uh, Brian Quinn, production director, executive producer Chris Sobel, our camera operators the one and only Mauro and uh, Damani, associate producer uh, Jeff. Thank you all very, very much. And, uh, you know, the YouTube link is there, lisaevers.com. You can just find out just about everything. And, yes, I am hip-hop because I never stop promoting. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag can't stop, won't stop. And uh, check me out, of course, on the Fox 5 News at 5 and 10. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. You know what to do. Push for peace.